Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Love, Sex, and Applied Behavior Analysis, the podcast where pop culture and ADA meet. Yay! Let's get right into tacting with tequila. As y'all know by now, this is the section where I talk about what the behavioral terms are that will kind of be addressed on the show, both in behavioral terms and in layman's terms. So some of these I've already went over. But just to review, we're going to be talking about reinforcement, which again, reinforcement occurs when stimulus change immediately follows a response and increases the future the future frequency, excuse me, of that type of behavior in similar conditions. And punishment is essentially the exact opposite. So literally, it's when stimulus change occurs following a response and decreases the future frequency of that type of behavior in similar conditions. We talked a lot about pairing on the episode about the social dilemma. Pairing is just the process of repeatedly presenting two or more things together at the same time, essentially. And um, in the future, even when those things are not presented together, they tend to take on and like evoke the same kind of responses um, as those other things that it's been associated with, in short. Just think about like Pavlov and the dog. Um, We also talked on that episode about variable schedules of reinforcement. So again, those are going to be the schedules of reinforcement where you don't really know when you're going to get reinforcement. So usually it's an average number of responses that, um, you know, you may get reinforcement for. But essentially to you, it just kind of seems very random. So again, think about like those slot machines, the lottery and things like that. And then we're going to be talking about some motivating operations today. Um, Motivating operations, the behavioral way of describing it, it's an environmental variable that alters the reinforcing or punishing effectiveness of some stimulus, object, or event and alters the current frequency of all behaviors that have been reinforced or punished by that stimulus, object, or event. So really what that means is your motivating operations kind of are the thing that gears you to either elicit certain behaviors um, and responses or not. So for example, if I am hungry, that may be one of my um, motivating operations. Like a, It's almost like my umbrella motivating operation that may um, prompt me to engage in behaviors that would get me food. Hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully that was a good example. But Um, When I bring on my special guest, I think with the topic that we're going to be talking about, I think you'll understand why we're talking about those motivating operations today. Okay, so right now we're going to talk about the section um, that I call hashtag will press lever for news. And I have a very special guest on. So guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Fonda Morgan. I am Camille's mom. Hi, mom. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Yay!
was National Coming Out Day, which kind of has inspired this idea of today's podcast. Um, I want to talk about all things love, dating, online dating, in my case, um, coming out and all that stuff. So obviously, mom, you have introduced yourself as my mother, and you are obviously a mother of a gay daughter. (laughs) How did you... um, feel I don't I hate those I feel like it's kind of a weird question to be like well how did you feel about that because it's not I don't know it's just an odd question but I guess if you feel comfortable um answering that how did you feel about that you know what to be honest with you um um when when you first told me I guess I was a little numb yeah but I think I always told you that the one thing I always wanted you to be is happy and have yeah. a happy life and be it yeah. with whomever. I think I tried to raise you that way. So um, was I in a state of shock where as I couldn't um, enjoy you being you? Absolutely not. Um, yeah. All I ever wanted was for you to be happy and whatever it was that made you happy I was going to be happy for you I always tell people when people ask me about that I just remember I don't know if you remember kind of how it happened but I just remember we like went to the movies and you dropped me back off at dad's and I just knew I like had something to tell you. And I was just like so nervous. And so like, I just was too afraid to, you know, say it in person. And so I texted to you. I remember and that. And I was like too afraid even then via text message to actually like tell the truth about, you know, what it was that I actually was feeling. So instead okay. of me coming out as a lesbian, I said that I was bi, which I think now that I'm older and I have, just kind of unpacked my own, I guess, like in this, in this particular case, like biphobia even more. It, I hate that I did that in that um, I think I did it out of fear, but I also did it, I think without me knowing it, but what I, again, what I now know is like under this assumption that like, that would be like easier to digest. (laughs) And so um, it would be like less of whatever. And I think just from talking to people like, in the bi community, but then also, again, like, just, like, learning on my own and stuff, I realized just how, you know, messed up that was, but I also just remember, like, your initial reaction, I don't know if you remember your initial reaction, but you were literally just, like, okay, like, all right, love you, too, like, love you, and it was literally, like, business as usual, so it was interesting, because I didn't know, I think, until, like, we talked about it after the fact that, you know, you also just had some kind of internal, um, some internal like feelings to kind of to um work through which is obviously understandable but literally my like your reaction was just like I mean okay Camille like love you <laughs> you know what I mean and it's but just, I think it's like you didn't skip a beat but I think that that is so important um to the person that you come out to is to not uh, make you feel shame or to yeah. make one feel like maybe I shouldn't have shared it with that person. Right. But I just knew that it really did not matter to me. And that's just keeping it real with you. It didn't matter to me. Long as you had a happy, healthy relationship, that's all that mattered to me. 
Well, let's talk about happy and healthy relationships because you, as my parent, have also seen me in all kinds of relationships mm-hmm. that, that weren't happy or healthy mm-hmm. on both sides, like not just necessarily the other person's side. Right. Um, what are some, if you had to give, and I know I'm putting you on the spot, the spot. So listeners, we literally like did not like practice or coach this at all. So I'm just literally just kind of putting you on the spot mom what would be some advice that you would give parents who are like watching their children kind of navigate through just growing up um while also dating I mean I don't think there was a relationship that I was in prior to the one that I'm currently in that you all felt like I should have been in it so like but you never like made me feel bad about that I think you really just you would give me your advice and you would give me your opinion, you know, when I asked for it. But I think you did a really good job of just helping me just to kind of grow up and navigate that. Mm-hmm. So what's some advice that you would give other people in their pursuit of that, like other parents in particular? I think that you have to have the love of your children and you have to have a relationship with them, not just um, a relationship that deals with sex, You have Mm -hmm. to deal with them on a relationship level that you could talk about almost anything. And I think that when you have that kind of a relationship uh, with your children, that they feel the need that they can come and talk to you and they're not going to be judged. They're going to be listened to and you're going to ask them questions that make them think. So that they can try to figure it out on their own instead of you trying to tell them what to do. Yeah, and I think that's a really, I think that has always worked with how you've raised both Gilbert and I and that I think you and dad have always done a really good job of not giving unsolicited advice instead of just, again, like asking those kind of probing questions Mm -hmm. to help us to figure it out for ourselves. And then whenever we do figure it out, you all never make us feel like, like, you know, I told you so, or like, I knew this is going to fail, or I knew this is going to happen. It was always a matter and still is always a matter of like supporting us through whatever it may be, um, without like making us feel like crap, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like for being in whatever these, um, you know, situations or relationships or whatever are. Have you ever seen me in what you considered um, just like a completely unhealthy kind oh, of relationship? Absolutely. And it's absolutely. And how how is that for you? Was that hard um, to see? Yeah, very uncomfortable. Um, but all I could do as a parent was call you and check on you, see how you're doing. Yeah. Uh, I would always ask, "How is the other person doing?" and um, I would always just try to lead in love. Um, That's all I knew because I've I've always been under the adage that the more you tell a person, no, don't bother with that person, the the more they're going to cling to them. So Mm -hmm. if you stay neutral, they'll figure it out on their own. So that actually, um, for the listeners, that ties into what um, we were, what I was talking about earlier when I was defining things like reinforcement and that, and I think in layman's terms, we just think reinforcement is something that um, 
it's just completely different than like professionally how we define it. So again, if reinforcement or if a reinforcer is anything that increases the future frequency of a response, mom, the way that you just described, you know, um, essentially telling people kind of what to do, or in your example, telling people what not to do, if that actually increases that person doing any, like doing whatever that thing is in the future, then again, like professionally speaking, we know that all that did was reinforce that. And I think you're right. If we always are telling people like, oh, that person's not good for you, or oh, that person, you know, is this or that, um, while we may have like the best intentions, Mm -hmm. it just, it all we, a lot of the times all we do is end up reinforcing like the behaviors that this person engages in to be with this person um, or like with whatever that situation is. Okay, so let's talk about um, so you in relationships, so you were, so I am 31. So by my age, you had been on, you were married twice. You had two kids, myself included. Um, what had you learned about dating and marriage and all that stuff? Um, like prior to what ended up being like you and dad separating and divorcing like did you did was it kind of like how it is now where you know obviously on social media now all of us are like fucking like Facebook poets and stuff so we all have these like memes and all this advice and stuff about marriage and dating obviously you guys did not have social media so how did you receive some of your messages about that you know you I kind of looked to family and friends who had strong relationships, even ones that didn't have strong relationships, to mm-hmm. say, okay, I know I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I'm not going to cuss my husband out in public. There were certain things mm-hmm. that I was not going to do. But let me back up and say this. I never, I kind of dated But I never really dated, dated. I dated and got married. And then I dated again and got married. Mm. So I never had the pleasure of just dating to see what it is that I really liked. So now... I don't think that a lot of women do. Like Mm -hmm. even now. Mm -hmm. I, I, I really don't think that us as women were taught to actually... I'll tell you, Jamie is literally the first like woman I know that actually just dated just to date. Like, like she's the first person I've ever known, like, especially people like my age group. Cause you see that on movies, right? Like you see that in, you know, girlfriends and sex in the city and all that. But I feel like there's like this pressure literally just to date, to marry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting that that was also like your experience as Mm -hmm. well as somebody like mine with that many years apart. Mm Mm-hmm. So when you ended up marrying, so you and dad met where? Uh, we met at my job. I sold cosmetics <laughs> in, a, in a kind of a high-end store. And uh, that's where we met. And from the time that you guys met and the time that you guys got married, it was about, it was like less than six no, months, right? No, it was seven and a half months, I want to say. Seven and a half mm-hmm. months. And then soon after Gilbert was mm-hmm. born. So then like you guys essentially kind of jumped into, I mean, like real life. Like quick. Like territory. Very quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And then um, you guys were married for almost like 19 years, right? we were married for 23 or 24 years, something like that. Did you guys separate when it was 19? Uh, We separated at 20. We separated at At 20 20 years. I thought for some reason, I always thought 19 was was significant. Okay, so I got Mm -hmm. that all wrong. And what did you learn about yourself? Like, or what have you learned about yourself looking back on like who Fonda was? Um, I think Fonda came into the relationship very green. When I say green, even though I had been married at 19 um, and I moved overseas to Japan within six months of being married, um, what I learned the second time around, I was still green, still had a lot to learn. I came from, my lineage came from that you know, the woman pretty much follow what the man said. Not mm. not to be mistreated, but if your husband said that the sky is blue, the sky is blue. And whatever okay. your husband said is kind of how you, you followed your life with your husband. You were the wife, you cooked, you cleaned, you took care of home. And you work, mm-hmm. but mostly I work part time. Yeah. I didn't really work a lot full time because your dad went out of town a lot. So me working jobs and having to get you guys back and forth to school and all the things that you did, it didn't always work out for me to work full time. So before marriage, did you actually want children or was that just something that was kind of assumed? Um, I wanted children. Yes. Okay. And like you like consciously like knew like this is something I actually want. Yes. Okay. So you were married for, you know, 20 some odd years. You all separate, you all divorce. How or who was Fonda? So if Fonda was green, Mm -hmm. like at the beginning of the relationship, like how would you describe how you were like when, when the relationship Um, ended? I was better, but I still had a lot to learn. I was kind of like a pushover. Um, mm-hmm. um, always operated with good intentions and always seemed to kind of get walked over or mistreated mm-hmm. and couldn't understand why I was being mistreated because I was so nice. But I think that yeah. sometimes when you are quote unquote nice, you don't really tell people what it is that you really want or what it is that you really expect. And because you don't do that, people tell you what they expect or what they want. And your opinion really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I've definitely um, got, I've definitely, you've definitely passed that on to me. And I think what's so interesting now is, um, I mean, quite literally in almost every aspect, not just in, you know, relationships or anything, it is so hard for me to actually Mm -hmm. ask for what I want. Like, it feels like somebody is like pulling teeth and it's almost like I feel bad for asking what I want. And instead, I just expect people to read Mm -hmm. my mind Mm -hmm. 
which obviously, you know, just I'm is guilty. not life. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, so one of the like realizations that I've had um, or that I had actually like when Jamie and I started dating is that although my behaviors weren't whatever my version in my mind of toxic were that like I attributed to certain, you know, uh, relationships that I still had my own toxic behaviors mm-hmm. nonetheless. So like, even though, no, I wasn't like being, I don't know, like physically abusive mm-hmm. or cheating mm-hmm. or I don't know, whatever. I still was, you know, my own like fifty Absolutely. shades of toxic. Did you have any of those kind of realizations oh. as well? Like after oh, you all got absolutely. divorced? Absolutely. I was very passive. Uh, very mm-hmm. passive. Um, and and still till today, I have to challenge myself um, to really mm-hmm. ask for what it is that I want. Um, if you say to yeah. me, okay, mom... Uh, your brother just asked me over the weekend, okay, mom, we're going to stop and get something to eat. What do you want to eat? Um, a lot of times I mm-hmm. don't think on my feet like that when it comes to food. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm still working that out. Well, and I know for me, like, it doesn't matter. So like, that's something, that's a good example of something that has kind of like generalized even to other things. Like, I don't know. I, that is something, something mm-hmm. so simple as like food. I, I would much rather prefer for like my significant other to just to mm-hmm. decide or whatever. So, but that's not always life. And obviously Gilbert is my brother, not right. your significant other, but just to kind of bring it back to um, relationships in that, like, there are just certain things that I don't know if I was ever like actively taught to express or like to ask for, which is very odd because you and dad raised Gilbert and I both to be very expressive and to be very sure of like what we want. But it's just so interesting kind of hearing your experience and how that also has like manifested its way into relationships like with me. Huh. So now we are, so you've been, you guys have been divorced mm-hmm. for some time now. It is the year of our Lord, 2020. We are in COVID and you have recently decided, although I've been telling you this for years. So shout out to my cousin Shantae for, you know, convincing you over the weekend. You have decided to take the plunge with online dating. How do you feel about Um, that? I was very nervous when I set up my profile on Monday. And, Uh um, Monday night, I got one hit, and the guy and I went back and forth in conversation, and then yesterday, I got, like, five or six hits. Mm, So, going back, listeners, to that episode I was referring to earlier, the one about the social dilemma, what my mom has experienced if this is something that has made her feel good and if getting those um, those like likes or comments or whatever has actually reinforced her behavior, say, of like signing on to the online site, mom, you have experienced what we call a variable ratio schedule or really just like a variable schedule reinforcement in that because you never know when you're actually going to get like True. these notifications it's almost like it increases your behavior 
whatever that behavior is, be it like signing on the app, updating your pictures, whatever, it increases that in the future. So you got five or six kids by different people. Now on your website, Mm -hmm. like on your profile, did you post oh, like explicit pictures not. or anything or are they all like absolutely not <laughs> I mean I'm fully dressed fully covered they're all wholesome uh, <laughs> I put a picture on with me riding uh, standing beside my bike Mom, but okay but let's talk about that when you told me that there were two okay. images that came in my head was it like the playboy you know how like playboy will have you know the shots of like the ladies like straddling uh, no. a motorcycle or something no. and they have to look no. all sexy was it like that or are you literally like standing like on the I'm side standing of on bike? the side of my bike in like workout clothes uh, so like tight leggings, leggings where like no, it accentuates your body t-shirt. no no <laughs> because you know what I'm not no you should have let me no. see your profile mm-hmm. before this because I want you to see me but I think all the rest of that comes I'm not trying to give you Absolutely. all of that on my profile. I don't want everyone to Absolutely. see me that way. And I just think that what you yeah. put out, sometimes uh, you get back what you put out. I- Absolutely. Okay, we are back. Sorry about our technological <laughs> difficulties. Okay, mom, so before the break, you were saying, I was like joking with you about like explicit pictures on like an online website, um, like an online dating profile. And you were saying that um, in all seriousness, like all of that would come later and that essentially like you didn't want to, you know, put that on your profile. And I think before we cut off, you were going to say why. So I want to give you a chance to, to say that. Uh, The reason why is because I don't think that all of your sexy voluptuousness (laughs) is for everyone to see. Yes. People can look at your pictures. Yes. So just think of the thousands or millions of people that are on these websites. They can take a look at your pictures. So do you want to put yourself out there like that? And I'm not a, I, I, I think I'm a sexy woman, but I'm mm-hmm. not overly sexy anyway. Yeah, yeah. And I just feel like that's my personal choice. Absolutely. So do you have, like, are you one of those people that has a stipulation on how long you have to be dating someone to, you know, have sex with them or to just be intimate at all, be it like kissing or holding hands or anything like that? Or are you more kind of go with the flow? Um, on some things, I'm gonna go with the flow. But I think the the whole sexual intimacy thing, I don't necessarily have a time limit on it. But if I am going to make that choice uh, to do that with the person, I just want to make sure that me and that person are together on that. Meaning that that he doesn't have somebody over here that he's also doing that with. And I have somebody over here that I'm also doing this with. That Uh, makes sense. If we get to that point, I will want it to be exclusive. Uh, I'm not saying that you can't see other people. 
because yeah. I'm not putting anyone in a box. But I think that if we're willing to, to take that step, those are the conversations that I'd like to have with the person, you know. Prior to. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So when you made your profile, was there anything in particular that you put on your profile or re- or better yet, was there anything in particular that like you didn't want to put on your profile because you didn't necessarily want whatever that information is about you to be out there just yet? So I know, for example, um, I've asked this question to other people before in doing kind of research for um this episode and they were saying for example like if they had children that may not be something that they would like put in their profile like information that may be something that they would discuss like on a date did you have anything like that Um, no I did say that I had children and that that I didn't want any more um um, there was nothing that I put on there that I didn't want but I did say yes. that I want somebody that is fun, want to enjoy life, enjoy dancing, music, karaoke. Um, I want yes. a man that cooks uh, because I like to cook. Um, I want someone yes. that has some of the same interests that I have. And I yes. want them that if they don't have all the interests that I have, that I can introduce them to some of my interests and they can introduce me to some of theirs. Yeah. Are there any like deal breakers for you? Um, Like if, if the person was like great and they were like, whatever this thing is, and you would instantly be like, yeah, no, like um, this is fun, but like, you're not. I don't really think I want to deal with minor children. I'm at, I'm at this yeah. point where I have grandchildren and I, yeah. you know, no, I don't think I want to deal with the 16 <laughs> year old prom. Now college, no, no, college no. I'm good with, but um, the whole under 18 thing, nah, that's kind of so like much. a deal breaker for <laughs> me right now in my life. What if the person was homophobic? Like, would you tell them, like, that's a no for me? Like, I, I, I just don't get down with that. Like, my daughter's Oh, gay. Oh, that would definitely be a deal breaker for me. No, I won't. Let me say it like this. I think that sometimes people are homophobic because they've never had mm-hmm. to really get to know someone who is gay. And then you have people mm-hmm. that there is nothing you can say, nothing you can do to make them change their mind. Yeah. If they feel that way... Yeah. It will eventually be a deal breaker. Absolutely. Could you date a Trump supporter? Hmm. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I was Probably about to say, Mom, you can, you can tell the truth. I'm imagining most people that listen to this by now. Um, yeah. Probably know not. How we feel about this. Um, so, right now, in your life, would things like religion be something that, like, you all would have to have the same religion, for example? Would something like that be um, a preference, or would that would that be, like, a must? Uh, the most important thing for me would be someone that is spiritual. Um, yeah. I, 
I know that I believe in Jesus Christ, but there are some people that believe in, you know, um, whatever. My thing is, as long as you have a spiritual relationship, I can deal with it. Um, I'm not going to tell you who you should worship. I'm just going to try to lead by example. Have you been, so as you've been on the left and right or whatever it is that like that particular site does, have you Mm -hmm. seen people that you're like, why on earth would you put this on your profile? Like either this picture, like have there just been any, so when I was online dating, first of all, I hated it. I don't know if this was just like a lesbian thing. But it just felt like the pool was just very little to choose from. So at that time, I was on a couple of different sites. I was on, um, I think, two or And you know how you can, like, literally put your preference? I would literally put that, like, my preference is women. Somehow, I still had, like, a whole bunch of guys that still ended up on my mm-hmm. profiles. Mm-hmm. And then, besides that, it was, like, the women that I had on there just in various ways... I just knew it was like an absolute no and it almost like pissed me off and I'm like yo like if this is all that's out here but I'm also in the same pool as these people like what the fuck is wrong with me you know what I mean like it was I think I showed you some of like the hideous people and I went on I think it was like two or three dates and then that's when I met Jamie but like it was I just was like yo I don't know if online dating is for me because I'm not finding anybody that that even like on surface level like when it came to like just like physical attractiveness like I just wasn't attracted to the people that it seemed like my little like phone agents like hooked me up with have you had that experience well you know what no I haven't and I'll tell you something I I opened up my mind as far as the dating I went from like younger and just a couple years Mm -hmm. older because I want someone that's active because I want to be active. I don't want to sit at home. I don't want to sit at home and eat. So when you say like younger, mm -hmm. what's younger? Um, I picked like um, 48 to 60. Oh, that's not bad. I thought you meant like my oh, age and oh, I was going to say five. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, even putting for me, putting under 50 was hard. I'm just going to tell you the truth because yeah. I never saw myself dating anyone younger. But it yeah. was because of your cousin saying to me, but you have a young spirit and you you should yeah. be dating. You're probably going to be better off dating someone younger. You know? Mm-hmm. But for me, I don't... Yeah, because you are very lively. Like, you love, like, I, I mean, all the time, like, in undergrad, like, you were, like, the only parent that would, like, not party with us because you don't, like, drink or, you know, do any of the things that we were doing back then or now but like you were like like even now like when I go out for karaoke like obviously pre-COVID I can like call you at like two three in the morning like even obviously six hours behind you and you're just in this always in this very like lively spirited 
like mood like you can go clubbing you like ballrooming you like like you were saying dancing and karaoke and so I could see that I could definitely see somebody younger I you know what Camille I'm at a point in my life right now where I just really want to enjoy life if we've learned nothing else through this COVID thing we have truly yeah. seen right before our eyes that life is really short and that we need to enjoy life. Life is for us to enjoy and it's for us to keep moving. It's not for us to sit still because when we sit still, yes. our bodies start to fall apart. So the key yeah. is, you know, is to try and eat healthier you know, after you're over a certain age, you've got to change the way you eat and you got to stay active. And yes. I just want a partner or some friendships that, you know, that they love to be out and doing things too. That's just very, very important to me. So one of the pieces of like premarital advice that you gave me really was emphasizing fun and just not forgetting to have fun and that I think you were telling me and um, you know I think even now like I've kind of experienced where it's so easy I think to like just kind of get lost in like the mm -hmm. mundane like everyday mm -hmm. part of life that like really just how to have fun and even making those mundane things fun is that something that you learned from being married like, did you feel like you and dad had a lot of fun? Oh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, we did. We had a lot of fun. The poorer we were, the more fun we had. You know, um, that's why when people talk Mom, about money. Did you see my thing the other day? Which one? Yeah. Did you see my thing the other meme about how broke we were in college, but how fun we had, how much more fun we had? It's no, like you get I creative. didn't see that, but it is. Because what happens is when you're poor, you pull every, you pull all your little resources together and you make do with what you have and what you have, yeah. you know, it always seems to be enough. Um, yeah. But the one thing that I know in this thing called life is that we are the author and finisher of our own fate. And it is up to us to be happy, not up to someone else to make us happy. You have to find whatever that it is that makes you happy. Like, I yeah. really like listening to music. I wish I could find me a nice ballroom partner because I love to dance. Yeah. But I also love riding my bike. Mm -hmm. I love getting in the kitchen and making candy. I love decorating mm -hmm. cupcakes. I love seeing someone's event come together. I love seeing yeah. other people happy. But I think that it has to start with oneself. And mm -hmm. um, that's why I say it, it, it has to start with you. And you have to figure it out, whatever the things are that makes you happy. And usually it's not, it's not really that deep. Mm -hmm. It really isn't that yes. deep. That's just like in relationships. If you know that your partner is having a bad day, but you know that she likes a foot massage, no matter how, how tired you are, 
sometimes for the love of the other person, we sacrifice our own selves just to make that person happy, just to see that joy come from that person. And I think think that's what relationships bring. Well, and I think the key to that is finding a partner and not a, and and having the discernment and trying like in, in looking for a partner, but also kind of having like the self awareness of yourself to know like your limit, but also finding a partner to not abuse that and to not allow you to always put them quote unquote absolutely. First. And I think you in marriage, I think that's probably one of the things that like I learned mm-hmm. is, is that mm-hmm. there really is like this kind of I think road to hell like paved with good intentions Mm -hmm. but that hell could be like your own internal hell that could be whatever Mm -hmm. and so one of the things that I I think I saw in your marriage is this sense of like just sacrificial love that fairy tales make us believe that like that's what we're supposed to absolutely and I think in theory sure like at face value Mm -hmm. sure but and not to say that dad did not exhibit that himself so I don't want to oh no sound mm-hmm. like you know but I think literally I, I and I say this all the time whenever I listen to like you or any of you know my aunts your sisters talk about like love and marriage and relationships it seems like you all were act like you all were taught to truly put everybody first literally to the point where I mean, you could just be damn near like killing yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think, I think for you to kind of teach me that, yes, like that is okay, but that there has to be limits and boundaries to that. Mm-hmm. And again, like you have to have somebody who also doesn't need that all the mm-hmm. time. One of the things that has been a very big challenge for me, and I think we'll, um, we're going to talk about this on a future episode is not needing to be me. Mm -hmm. So like Jamie is not the kind of person that needs me at Mm -hmm. all. And not to say she doesn't like love me, want me, whatever. And not to say there may not be moments, but I realized that a lot of my identity is wrapped up in needing to be Mm -hmm. needed. Like that's all I've ever known. Like I'm the friend that people ask for advice or I'm the, Mm -hmm. just whatever, like be in relationships, whatever. And it was, it has been almost like mind boggling to me unlearning that part of my identity in actually realizing that kind of like you were saying, it has to start with me first. So in my mind, I'm like, well, what does she have me around for? Like if she doesn't need me. And then in real life, when I actually evaluated what her or anybody needing me actually meant and what that actually made me feel like absent of other people, I'm like, Oh, screw this. I can get high off my own supply. I don't need this person to need me. What I actually needed was to access whatever that like underlying feeling Mm -hmm. was. And I think in your divorce in particular, like you taught me that because I think when you all got divorced, I started to see you as a person, not necessarily just as Mm -hmm. my mom and not necessarily like just as a wife. And you really just started living and you were like doing things that, and I was like, no, my mom is like out you know, like going, like you said, like ballrooming or just meeting people and just having mm-hmm. fun. And and not to say that you and dad didn't have fun, but I don't know if I ever saw you have fun maybe in that kind of way in this very like freeing, like a spiritual kind mm-hmm. of sense, like a spiritually like freeing kind of way. And it was just always so beautiful to me. So 
and now now knowing that you know you're taking this kind of step with online dating something that like you've been really nervous about for a mm-hmm. while I'm really proud thank of you, you. I'm excited thank you are you excited about your date tell everybody about I your am date. I'm going you on my, to say, I'm like, going on my first date on Friday anything. we're gonna meet um we're gonna meet for um uh, we're calling it lunch, but we're going to meet around three o'clock. And I picked this um, wonderful little French restaurant uh, that they do all kinds of pastries and lunch and tea and coffee. And we'll be able nice. to just sit and laugh and talk and get to know one another. And you're going to like drop your pen location to Gilbert because he's in the same state and area. As you well, I've already, I've already told him that where I'm going, what, you know, the restaurant okay, that I have like a picture of the person. Mm-hmm. Because I've just been watching, um, as you know, like all this true crime mm-hmm. stuff and I'm just way too far away. And so like, I just, you know, one of us needs to know where you're going to be. Uh, do you know what you're going to wear? Um, probably some jeans, because this is a jean town. You know, if I was at home, it would be much different. Yeah. But I don't want to go overdressed. <laughs> you dress up a little more. Yeah. So, I haven't decided, but, um, you know, casual for me is dressed up for here. So, I'm still learning. Yeah. Um, I'm still <laughs> learning. But, um... Yeah, I'm kind of excited for the date, and we'll see what happens. Um, I'm going in this with a very open mind. I'm going in it to meet a new friend, someone to hang out with. If it doesn't work out as as a relationship, I'm cool with just the friendship. I'm cool with just having somebody to play backgammon with or go to a concert with or catch a movie you know I'm good on that yeah yeah I'm and that's not, what it's all about I'm not, not necessarily to going into, into it, any like, of this your, um, yeah anything. I'm going into it with an open mind that's that's what I'm saying to myself and I'm not yeah. and I'm not just trying to put all my eggs in one basket meaning that just because I've met this person doesn't mean that I won't uh, go out with someone else. You know, you, you, you're you still getting to know people Absolutely. and it's okay. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome. Well, Bob, thank you so, so much for coming on Love, Sex, and Applied Behavior Analysis. I'm so excited to have you. I have to have you on a follow-up episode because I'm really okay. excited to hear about how your date went. Um, and I want everybody else to hear about it. So on the Instagram page of Love, Sex, and ADA, um, I asked a couple of questions asking people like what their preferences are with a couple of like dating sites, like one over the other, mm-hmm. some dating, like online dating specific advice. So what I'm going to do is um, I'm probably going to give it like a couple more hours. Um, and then I will, after I collect like more data on that, I'll add those to the episode. So hopefully the um, the followers of the Instagram page have also given some good online dating Sounds advice. Sounds wonderful. Thank you. And Thank yeah, you we, for have to, we have to follow up episode. This will be fun. Love you too. No problem. Love you, mom.
Okay, so at the last minute, I decided to take some data from you all on Instagram to see what some of your preferences are around online dating. So first off, I just asked, what were your thoughts on online dating? At the time that I looked at the results, 87% of people were like, absolutely, I would do it. Online dating, like for the win. Only 13% said, fuck no. So for that 13%, I'm really, really curious to know what your thoughts are on online dating after hearing the episode with my mom and myself. And please also write in on the Instagram page at lovesexaba and tell me your thoughts on why you said fuck no. Um, So then I decided to also do a couple of preference assessments between a couple of dating sites. So when asked about Plenty of Fish versus Bumble, 100% of you all said Bumble. When asked about Match versus OkCupid, 70% said OkCupid was their preference. So that's pretty interesting. And then lastly, I asked about some pieces of online dating advice. And I got a few. So some of the main ones were really talking about being yourself, um, presenting as yourself and like being sure that you're really genuine, like essentially from the get go, you know what I mean? Like not essentially presenting as one thing and then like having to switch up after the fact. So I'm going to read a couple of these verbatim out loud. I did not get permission to share you all's um, names on here. Um, But in the future, I will get permission for that. So for right now, I won't share anybody's name Um, or I'll share one person's name. And that's only because she and I talked about this um, previously. So someone said texting chemistry is different than in-person chemistry facts. Um, Someone else said proceed with caution. Um, Another um, person said less is more. Be creative when introducing yourself. I really like that. One of my best friends said, um, be patient, be open, keep that black button on deck. Fucking facts. Um, a former coworker and a friend of mine said, be the same person you are online that you are in real life. I'm all about that. And one of my favorite internet behavior analysts, Rosie.eat.bx said, be ready you know, harassed, gaslit, demoralized, dick pics, etc. And then she also said, but you also may find your life partner on there. And she told me how her and her life partner actually met on, I believe on OkCupid, if I'm not mistaken. So I love, love, love getting you all's input from the show. Please message me on lovesexaba on Instagram and tell me what you all think after listening to this episode. All right, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the show this week. Please follow the Instagram page at lovesexaba. Please send all business inquiries to lovesexabapodcast at gmail.com. Please like and share and subscribe and all of those podcast things anywhere that you can listen to a podcast. And please, please, please leave a five-star review. That does positively reinforce my behavior of continuing to make this podcast. Until next time. Bye.